0: You're listening to the Online Pastor Coach Podcast, the show that brings you new and fresh ways to connect with your digital church, with your hosts, Joey Santos and Jason Morris.
1: So it is it is interesting, though, because I, I want us to expand a little bit more. I think this can help a ton of people to have this conversation uh, about the YouTube, like uh, about these models, about this. Right. Different, like different for us, in COVID like, uh,
0: season, our yeah. YouTube doubled. Yeah, yeah. all of our views yeah. subscriptions everything it doubled in in six months dude anybody else that that tells you something right it tells you a lot about what's going on and so yeah and it's not just that youtube is like the holy grail it's like youtube is a tool it's a platform so it's the way one uses it that, absolutely that can be helpful so one
1: thing that we we we've done with our YouTube channel. We decided to uh, a few months ago, because the reality is we were not big at all on YouTube. I, we had 49 subscribers before. Yeah, we weren't either. We were not big at all. We're not even investing in it. We're not even applying to, like we're not paying attention because our, our biggest audience was Facebook. Like I, I used CHOP. Mm-hmm for broadcast from the beginning and the moment that we open our Facebook chop went down Facebook went up and we we're like Facebook mm-hmm. is, is the place to, to do this thing mm-hmm. we broadcast everywhere we broadcast on Apple TV channels uh, Amazon Fire Roku we are everywhere on yep. this but before COVID Facebook was the king for connections and, and because also the engagement tools the Facebook offer was just like to the point. Yeah, right? it's way better. It. It's way better. Way it's better engagement. It's way better. But you're right. Uh, as soon as COVID hit, and the in-person audience, when had to stay home, they actually went to do what they do: watch your YouTube. So they went to YouTube, <laughs> right. and, and we we actually decided from the beginning there, as we watched this happen, like, oh, hold on, here's the deal, then. Let's not waste our time trying to make any other platform the main hub for um, uh, videos, for media, which, you know, some people create their own media package or not package, but uh, centralize all their media on a website, for example, or on other platforms. We're like, man, everybody, not everybody, most people are migrating to YouTube as the place to find content. Let's just build a, a, a relevant platform in youtube where all our media lives right there we we organize by playlists we connect all the different channels together we did all that and then the 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 latest thing we did we we start we went back to the videos and we start putting the right thumbnails so they're trying We clean up this whole thing uh, and then we went back to every video that we had, and we started putting the correct description for each one of them, the correct title, and we tagged the heck out of them. So right now- Okay, so
0: I've got a question there. Yeah. Is that, that right there is, is, is a wonderful opportunity and huge um, untapped potential for the content that you're already creating anyway, or that you already have created mm-hmm. all last year, pre-COVID. That yeah. is still relevant as long mm-hmm. as your content isn't isn't uh, chronologically bound. Yeah, like, and even even like some of the 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 sermons and stuff that are that are happening right now that talk about COVID five years from now aren't going to be relevant. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, we we have to be careful about the way that we chronologically uh, lock in. Mm-hmm. our content we have to be careful about that especially absolutely in this new age now i do have a question though yeah like when you're talking about cataloging it's like librarian style yeah like tagging you know connecting all of that stuff did you do that with staff people or did you do that with volunteers
1: i deal with the staff and here's why we okay we have, a, um, we have a um a pastor in our church that he's the story pastor uh, oh. And all he does is write content. So we pub- we publish two blogs a week. And he has a, a team of writers. Uh, at the same time, he helps us with um, breaking down the content. So, for example, here's the job that he does for us with the, the messages. He goes in and every message, he, he has the manuscript of the message, and he finds tags, keywords that non-church people may be they may be able to find some answers by listening to the message so we're not tagging this masses with the words like faith and worship and sermon and now the, there's a portion of the message where the pastor talks about a, 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 a might be an answer for somebody going through divorce divorce or somebody mm-hmm. going through you know um, fear or in all Every, every, every time he finds a, some, some keywords in his messages that is not even related to the title of the message or even the full subject of the message, he put those words in there. And those are the words that we use to tag the message. Mm-hmm. So what we do now, we have this you know, 30-second commercial that we put everywhere, we, social media, where we talk about our YouTube channel, but we, we go straight to search. Search for the word divorce, and you're going to see all the results we have there, all videos that we have available. Insider channel, search for fear, and you're gonna see all the content because we on this on this channel we're gonna have content for kids, students, adults, and podcasts. Hmm. So uh, we we wanted that to be to be a platform for people to find uh, th- something that they can relate to. They're looking for some answers, but most of, uh, one of the things I want people to understand that I look at this platform as a way to create credibility to the church by people looking at the content that you share the things that you put on online is just a way for them to say hold on i actually connect with this church i'm now gonna i want to dig in and that is our next challenge if you will how we take this platform in terms of how we turn this engaging how can we turn youtube a place where people can actually actively engage uh, with the church because, you know, Facebook is easy. Facebook, like, made it made so easy for people to send messages and comments and all, and all that. And, and, and YouTube is it's a little bit of a challenge, I see, because most people go full screen. People just ignore everything around. They take all that mm-hmm. business around it. And, and so that's where we're at with that. And I, I, I'm curious to see, like, for you, like, how
0: do you see this kind of a movement you well know. here's I, I as you were talking, I didn't want to stop you because you're on a roll. Um, when you say that you're you're cataloging all this content and tagging it so that the church gets credibility so, so that you get more engagement with your church. Unpack that what engagement with your church define what that would mean yeah. like what's your end goal and see that when I say, It creates credibility
1: not to the church, I mean, spoke there, but to the audience because I'm not looking for just my church looking at this content. I want anybody and everybody to look at the content. So, when when somebody that does not attend my church at all and they search for, I'm looking for videos that can help me with fear, Mm -hmm. and we show up as an option and they watch. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. As they watch that, what are my options to engage that that I can give the person? Say, okay, connect with us. We want to talk to you. Yeah. We what want- does that
0: look like? That's what? that's what I'm wanting wanting to know. Yeah, the, and the, to me, the, so be, that the next step, what is that in your? And that's life? what
1: we're trying to discover. Like I, my okay. hope would be my hope would be that that there's a there's easy way. And I, again, I like I said, we got to get around people that are faster and smarter than I am to help me with that. Because that's my desire, is to see people that watch the content on the YouTube, and, and there's easy ways for them to, like, I want to connect with you guys. I want to contact you. I want to hear from you. I want to learn more. I want to I get a hold of more resources you may have to help me with that. So then we can actually, uh, you know, establish a, a relationship.
0: Right. Um, and yeah, what... What you're describing, I think, is what I think a lot of pastors need to think through when it comes to, and just forgive me for saying this, I don't know how better to say it, and I think, so just know that. If you have a better way of saying it, please tell me. Um, what you're doing is, and I'm not sure if this is even right, but this is, this is what I think it is. Um, you're trying to create a relationship with your brand. Like with your church brand, which may or may not even be the right goal, because mm-hmm. uh, it might be. And here's here's why I say this: I find that it feels like sometimes all of this online stuff that we do, whether it be you know cataloging, tagging, or you know live streaming, or you know producing content, you know blogging, writing, all of that it feels like sometimes that that content is, it serves a purpose of really not a whole lot more than just marketing Mm -hmm. so that they come to a church service yeah, or so that they come to the building. And here's, here's something that I want us to all be cognizant of. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. If that is your ministry discipleship model, Mm -hmm. know that, you're creating more steps for people, more hops more yeah. hops that people have to jump through to get to the, I hope, end result that you're really looking for. Because mm-hmm. the church service is yet another environment that you're creating so that people will take a next step in their faith, right? Yes. Or in their discipleship pathway, right? hmm so, if, like, say, for example, you're tagging somebody, you know, like divorce or fear or anxiety, a lot of the hot stuff that's going on right now in this season, right? So, if your thing is just to be a trailer for the Sunday service or even Sunday service content, regardless of when it was done, because we can talk about like ephemeral content versus evergreen content, whether you're talking physical or online. That's a whole other topic that I think needs to be explored, right? Because I feel like there's not a lot of clarity in people's minds about the difference between those two things. But let's just throw, let's just put that aside for a moment. Um, When we're talking about using that content so that they can either come on site or come online for a worship environment so that they can sign up for counseling or, you know, pray with somebody or get some help in their marriage so that their marriage gets better. Okay, so there's like four different so that's that, yeah. that are in that chain. You could create content that leapfrogs that whole process and says, hey, let me help you with your marriage. It's like make a YouTube video and then have yeah. it hook it up to your counseling ministry on your on your zoom call done right you don't need the middleman of the church service to get that job done absolutely so so what what and that's why i'm asking you this question is that i think a lot of pastors are thinking all right that it's almost as if we we always get back into this rut where we have to use the sunday service to get discipleship work done and what i'm saying is the, the Sunday service can function for that end. But mm-hmm. if you do it, do it intentionally. And sometimes you don't even need it. You can just jump right to it. So like, for example, and this is, this is part of the problem, I believe, in the 80s and 90s attractional ministry model when it comes to evangelism. Because what happens is people think that to be an evangelist is to invite someone to a church service so that the paid professional can lead them to Jesus. There's a lot of hops in that evangelism strategy. Yeah. So it's like, instead of empowering me as just a normal guy to lead my friend to the Lord and leapfrog that whole process, no, what I have to do is invest and invite. I have to develop a relationship with them and then invite them to a church service and hope to Jesus that we're talking about something that has anything to do with what my friend is going through, right? And hope upon hope that you know he makes a step toward Jesus. There's a lot of steps in that process and a lot of points of failure. And it may be that that person comes to Jesus or not. And here's the problem is that I find that the primary goal for a lot of our stuff that we're doing online is to bring people to church instead of bringing people to Jesus.
1: Well, let me tell you this, though. I I I like because this this can help us to help pastors. Uh, uh, what you just brought up there, it help us to kind of help pastors to 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 consider a moment here for a moment. Is this a time for us to refocus on what? The things that can actually meet people, hit, reach people, and meet them where they are. Because I think right. what you just described, we can make the same mistake on the online arena for the online church. It yes. Might, all these mechanisms to drive people to our study online experience. Yes. Uh, and I, you're you're having this you're having this talk, and I'm thinking here. Um, the best analogy can come to my mind now at the moment is shopping malls, like in the nineties right. in two thousand. So we a, you're you're like you're in the office working hard all day or all week, thinking, gosh, I gotta find some time Saturday to go to the mall to do some shopping. <laughs> and then right. So we're waiting for the time that we can go, because we cannot just leave our office, our job, or school, whatever, right. to go shopping for what we need. And then Amazon show up. Mm-hmm. and all you need to do is drive around your neighborhood
0: and look what happened to those shopping malls. Yeah. The last because thing you want to be, and this is so true, the last thing you <laughs> want to be is a mall church in an Amazon Prime world. Exactly. The last thing, the last thing you want to be is a cable channel church in a Netflix world.
1: And that's I think people are at. I, and I think a lot of churches like, okay, we have an opportunity here. I, I think the church is... In general, uh, we, we, we talk about this language here. Let's stop looking at this moment as a challenge and start looking at the opportunities. No, do you I think mean, we got so much opportunity. opportunities right now. And I think, man, I look at it, uh, uh, what you're saying, because, yes, I don't want people to come to our, own, uh, our YouTube channel so they can, we can, we can promote ways for them to come to a church service. I just want them to engage and find answers they're looking for. I want them to find kind of like well, let's have a relationship. I don't need to be Sunday morning for us to have the relationship. Uh, we right. we got to walk away from that. And I think honestly, I think it's time for pastors to look at this opportunity, the church to go beyond one hour a Sunday morning. Here's your right. prime opportunity to take that step and consider what that looks like in your church for your neighborhood. I like this church in um, uh, Minooka, Illinois, uh, the Village Christian Church, great church. Minooka, it's a small city, it's like less than 5,000 people. Uh, this church, before COVID, they had like 800 people in attendance. So, and, and they they like, let's jump into this online experience, let's do this, let's see how we can do this. And now, that they are like full throttle with the online experience. They start looking at, hey, what else can we do that's beyond Sunday? Because it's just Sunday thing. They notice this Sunday thing is not enough. So right. look what they're doing. They're doing, they're offering the church on Monday night. The pastor comes in Monday nights online to have conversations online only about the message like let's took, let's break down in very practical conversations about the message and tuesday night he invite anybody that wants to come in the building and sit in the lobby in the round uh circle and have those conversations in person so you know so only... do they
0: broadcast those conversations online at the same time no okay not yet
1: not, they're not So he's doing, doing
0: online on monday on site on tuesday exactly okay and,
1: and it's, it is very interesting that what overall is just the idea that he like, just the initiative, know, how efficient and how successful, we're not even looking at that yet. Just the fact that he took initiative to think beyond Sunday, I'm thinking now, now he's, I most certainly I am that he's gonna experience growth because the Monday night and the Tuesday night is going to be the opportunities that the, the church, the Sunday church people are going to be like, "Hey neighbor, come to my house, let's talk this about this With, mm-hmm. just we're just gonna have a coffee and have this conversation or you know my church doesn't think Tuesday. So those are the opportunities, but he just he extended the Sunday service into now Monday and Tuesday uh, without too much, I mean there's no stress involved. He's, he's just let, he's let me stopped. ask
0: you something though because uh, you mentioned something that I, I, I'm, I just want to poke at a little bit, not that I disagree. Yeah, I just I, I want a little bit of clarity. You say that just now he's doing something like a Monday Tuesday, I think that's that's genius. I'd be curious to see which is more effective at what? Yeah, that, that would be interesting to like do an evaluation of once he does it for a while. But another thing is, is that you say that um, he's just now in, putting himself in a position for church growth, growth defined by what? I say the church
1: growth defined by how many people he reach. He com- He really engage. Okay, outside his you're own talking church. reach. Okay, so I'm talking about reach. So I'm, not, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about like now he it's, it's 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 kind of funny he's it, not a marketing strategy it's actually he's he's putting his own following his own disciples in this church to go out and like mm-hmm. let's go make now now i'm going to okay. give an opportunity beyond sunday because the reality is like why in a church like in a church in a in a city of almost five thousand people it's a small city a church of 800 The reason why he's like, I need to do this online thing, and I I need to start being intentional about online, because like the rest of the the people here, they're busy on Sundays with sports, they're busy with everything else, and it's like Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not. There's not enough marketing strategy that I can bring people to church on Sunday morning, and I think a lot of (laughs) churches are experiencing that. I mean, a lot of churches are just experiencing that because we're 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 competing with something that we're not going to win. Right, we're just not going to win on Sunday. No, we're
0: already losing. We know that. Yeah, but we're we're calling it we're losing, and we're thinking that it's a different type of problem than it actually is. Exactly. We're blaming it on the wrong thing. Yeah. Right. So, what what I when when you describe growth equals reach, I would say it's not probably just reach because if you have church people who are watching or you know, let's just say to use like crass terms again, consuming content Uh right on Sunday or any day for that matter. And then they're unpacking it in a conversation on a Monday and a Tuesday. That to me sounds more like uh, personal spiritual discipleship growth than Uh it does reach. In my opinion, it sounds more like you're growing you're maturing people in Christ uh-huh. right? because you're teaching them to obey. The obey side of the equation generally gets left up to, you know, the Holy Spirit and Jesus, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of funny. I mean, it's it's funny because um, I feel like this, this COVID thing has given us an opportunity to reset not only ministry models, but reset what our job really even is because Jesus told us great commission to make disciples by teaching them to obey, right? And giving them a sense of belonging. That's where the baptism stuff comes in, right? So, but our job is make disciples. Jesus said he would build his church. And where we get it mixed up is that we do our darndest, wear ourselves out, trying to build the church. yeah, And we leave the discipleship stuff to Jesus hoping he does that part, you know? And I think we just need to start doing our job and let Jesus do his. Thanks for joining us this week on the Online Pastor Coach Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, onlinepastorcoaching.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, and many other podcast platforms, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like this show, you might want to check out our ebook, A Local Church with a Global Reach. Joey and Jason are available for private coaching. Just send us a message. Now go make a global impact for the kingdom. Until next time.